Hello and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Ian McLaren, and I am proud and excited to be hosting this daily podcast where we will discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL in general. To keep up with the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, please follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. And you can also find me at Ian C. McLaren. Subscribe to Locked On Boston Bruins on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen. Please also rate and review. Now on with the debut episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. To open up, I want to talk about the state of the Boston Bruins heading into a new season. Coming up in our second segment, as we'll do every Monday, it's the Atlantic Division Power Rankings, where we'll see how the Bruins stack up against their divisional foes. And thirdly, we're going to take a look around the NHL, with puck drop only a few days away. Now for those of you who don't know me, or who did not listen to the trailer episode that was released last week, again, my name is Ian McLaren. And I am a proud, lifelong Bruins fan. I consider them to be my first sports love. And I've been following this team very closely since uh, about the late 1980s when I was a young boy growing up in Ottawa, Ontario, uh, before the arrival of the Sens into that market. Um, Most recently, I worked as an NHL news editor for The Score. Uh, In that position, I was able to sometimes write about the Bruins, but also to get a sense of the league overall to cover all 31 teams. And I'm hoping to be able to tap into those resources and contacts that I made through that time to be able to help tee up uh, Bruins opponents throughout the year and to get a good view of what's going on around the league in general. Now to open up, I wanted to make a confession. And that confession is that I'm still not over Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final back in June. I told that to my wife, I think, last week, and I told her that not a day this summer went by where I did not think about that game, about the missed opportunities, about Brad Marchand and David Krejci not being able to capitalize on golden scoring chances in the first period, about Marchand's line change late in the first period that led directly to a a kind of back-breaking goal, um, about the fact that I turned off the game with about eight minutes left in the third period because I just could not bear to watch the St. Louis Blues raise the Stanley Cup on home ice for the Boston Bruins. And, you know, it still bothers me to this day. It bothers me that the Bruins weren't able to take advantage of that glorious chance to win the Stanley Cup on home ice in a Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals. Um you know, it, it doesn't really get much uh, easier than that. And it seemed like a bit of a tap-in. But hockey is a weird game. And here we enter the season with the Bruins as defending Eastern Conference champions and not defending Stanley Cup champions. And it, and it still really sucks. I still hate that. But, again, here we are. Um, you know, we've been so lucky to see this core uh, develop and grow over the past decade, and I'm thinking specifically, obviously, of Zdeno Chera, Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, Brad Marchand, and Tuka Rask. Um, you know, Don Sweeney has done a great job rebuilding on the fly around those five players. Um, I believe this team still can compete with any other around the NHL, 
And obviously the question coming into this season is whether they'll be able to emerge from an insane Atlantic division uh, that features arguably the three best teams in the NHL in the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Bruins. And, um, you know, with the, the NHL playoff format the way it is, chances are two of those three teams will meet again in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Bruins uh, were able to take care of the Maple Leafs once again in seven games um, and benefited from the Columbus Blue Jackets' uh, crazy upset over the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then, you know, things just kind of fell into place from there as they uh, were able to beat the Blue Jackets and then sweep the Carolina Hurricanes in the Eastern Conference Finals and then move on to the Stanley Cup Finals where a surprising Blues team was there to meet them. And again, I don't want to rehash it, but, you know, it was a glorious opportunity for them to get their second Stanley Cup since uh, 2011. Um, we've been so lucky to see this team advance to the Stanley Cup final three years uh, in that span. And it's it's very unfortunate that they only have one win to show for it. But, you know, that one win is more than a lot of teams have been able to accomplish in that span or, you know, ever. So we're lucky to be able to have witnessed that. And hopefully this team can go far into the playoffs again this year before that happens though the final roster needs to be set and as it stands here on monday september 30th uh it almost is pretty much set there's about uh 10 decisions that need to be made to whittle the roster down from 33 to 23 uh five of those um calls kind of have already been set in terms of guys that are injured and who can be stashed on an IR. And um, that would probably be, um, you know, the easiest thing to to set aside and decide for head coach Bruce Cassidy. I'm talking specifically of the likes of Anton Bleed, Kevin Miller, John Moore. Those guys are all on injured reserve and they'll begin the season there. Um, Joachim Nordstrom is probably going to be out as well as uh, Peter Solarik. So uh, those five guys are pretty much destined to begin the season on an IR, and that makes the decisions a bit easier for Bruce Cassidy and the coaching staff. Um, the other guys most likely to be assigned are uh, Trent Frederick, uh, Cameron Hughes, Maxime Lagasse. He was placed on waivers on Sunday, so he's AHL-bound. Um, Jacob Stanicka and Jacobs Borrell are also... Um, likely to begin the season in uh, Providence. So that leaves us with the following players up front. And we'll just go in alphabetical order to make it easier here. David Backus, Patrice Bergeron, Anders Bjork, Charlie Coyle, Jake DeBrusque, Danton Heinen, David Krejci, Carson Kuhlman, Sean Corrali, Par Lindholm, Brad Marchand, Brett Ritchie, David Pasternak and Chris Wagner seem to be the 14 forwards that will break uh, the roster out of camp. It's not a very different group from uh, the one that competed in the playoffs. We'll have Bjork uh, likely making the step up to the NHL to see if he's ready to hang there. Uh, we have Brett Ritchie getting an audition on either the second or third line as, as the right winger there. Uh, we'll see if he's closer to Nathan Horton or if he ends up being more of a Jimmy Hayes or Matt Belisky type. 
And then we have Par Lindholm, who's made a great impression as a depth forward who will step in for uh, Nordstrom to begin the season. Back on defense, again, with the guys I mentioned who are hurt, we're going to have Carlo, Brandon Carlo, Zidane Chara, Connor Clifton, Matt Greslich, Steve Camfer, Tori Krug, and Charlie McAvoy. Again, similar group to what we had in the playoffs. And um, with Steve Camfer likely the scratch to begin the season. And then we have Yaroslav Halak and Tuka Rask uh, as arguably the best um, one-two punch in the NHL. Final cuts will be made Tuesday, I believe, this week. And uh, as of right now, that's what the team looks like coming back uh, to begin the 2019-2020 season. We'll see if that's, uh, you know, the roster at the end of October. We'll see if it's the roster after Thanksgiving. As we near the trade deadline, things will change. Injuries will come up. But that's the group we have. And honestly, I believe it's uh, a group good enough to at least uh, get home ice advantage again in the uh, opening round of the playoffs, finishing second in the Atlantic division. From there, who knows whether it's Toronto that finishes first, Tampa Bay finishes first. Uh, we'll see what happens from there. But that's the roster that it looks like we're going to have to begin the season. And, um, you know, God bless Bruce Cassidy. God bless this group. Let's go see what happens as the season begins. Uh, coming up next, we're going to take a look at the Atlantic Division Power Rankings and see what the Bruins have in store as um, the opponents that will, they will face uh, the most coming up as divisional rivals. Um, and then following that, we'll take a look at just a quick look around the NHL and some of the big storylines uh, that exist as we look ahead to the season opener on uh, Wednesday for the for the NHL. All right, as we will do every Monday, we will take a look now at the Atlantic Division Power Rankings. We'll start from the bottom and work our way up. And this is kind of what I expect to be the standings at the end of the season. Coming in at the bottom, no surprise to anyone, will be the Ottawa Senators. This is a team that's pretty much torn everything down to the ground. Uh, the only uh, you know, players really that... Um, have been around since they were competitive and almost advanced to the final uh, only a couple years ago, as crazy as it sounds, are Craig Anderson and Bobby Ryan. Um, you'd have to imagine that Bobby Ryan would be on the move if anyone would take that contract. But this team has made a concerted effort to get rid of everyone that um, you know was part of the previous core, except those two guys. Um, and... They're building from scratch almost with, with a lot of youth and some kind of washed up veterans. So the aim there, I believe, this season is to be entertaining, but to uh, get the highest possible lottery pick. And thank goodness Pierre Dorian had the good sense not to trade that pick this year. Um, and they'll be gunning to finish first to pick either uh, Lafreniere or... Uh, Byfield coming up next spring. Ottawa Senators, again, pegged to be the worst team in the NHL this season, and for good reason. There's just not really much there. Um, the second from the bottom, I believe, will be the Detroit Red Wings. Now, obviously, they made a big splash with acquiring, um, not acquiring, but 
having uh, Steve Eiserman uh, jump on as the general manager there. And uh, the future is bright-ish, I would say. There's starting to um, take steps in the right direction, I think. There's uh, a couple good players there to, to build on. Obviously, Dylan Larkin, Anthony Mantha. Uh, watch out for Philip Ronick on the blue line. If you're a fantasy manager, haven't drafted yet, I'd especially try to target him. I think he's going to have a breakout season on the blue line. Um, but... Uh, there's still a lot of work there to be done for Steve Eiserman and co. And uh, they're still very much a team that's in building mode. So um, don't look for them to do mo too much this year. Um, following that, I'd say the Buffalo Sabres are still a few steps away as well. Um, I really like, obviously, uh, Jack Eichel. I really like a lot of the pieces that they have there. Rasmus Stalin is a great building block as well. Uh, they have some good young pieces. They added some good stuff on the blue line in Colin Miller and Henry Joki Harju. I'm still not quite uh, sold on their goaltending. Um, Carter Hutton and Vili Husso uh, aren't really guys that inspire confidence, and you just really need that uh, top-flight goaltending in order to compete in today's NHL. Uh, they have a great... Um, up-and-coming prospect in uh, Pekka, uh, what's his name, Uko Pekka Lekanen, uh, but um, yeah, the goaltending just isn't there for me. The wild card here, I think, is is Ralph Kruger, the new head coach. Uh, if he can, you know, kind of get the most out of this group, as he was able to do with Team North America at the World Cup, uh, then, you know, this could be a fun team to watch. And they could turn some heads, but uh, as it stands, I just don't think there's enough there uh, to really compete for a playoff spot. Uh, coming in ahead of the Sabres, I'd put the Montreal Canadiens there. Um, again, this team has Carey Price, so they're always going to have a shot. Um, I believe a healthy Shea Weber will help this team as well, um, but... Uh, I think they're still uh, kind of in that rebuilding mode where some of the core pieces that will make a difference uh, still aren't quite ready for prime time. Um, I'm thinking specifically of, uh, you know, Kut Kenyemi and Nick Suzuki. That's kind of like the next wave of guys who will make this team uh, great or what it should be in the eyes of the fans there in Montreal. Uh, but just the mix there doesn't seem right quite yet. And um, there's still, I think, some moving pieces there. Uh, you hear a lot right now about Jonathan Drouin possibly being on the move. That's kind of been a failed experiment. And uh, Zergachev was the piece that was moved out to make room for him. Uh, he'd really be uh, valuable there at this point in their development, I think. Um, so just a, a lot of moving pieces there. They they might be on the playoff bubble just because of Price and Weber. Uh, but uh, again, I don't think there's enough there. Uh, which brings us to the Florida Panthers, who in my mind will be a playoff team this year. Uh, they brought in head coach Joel Quenville. They brought in uh, Sergei Bobrovsky. Uh, they have a... Uh, Selkie Trophy finalist, maybe winner this year, and Alexander Barkov. Um, Aaron Ekblad, I think, 
uh, has finally will finally uh, take a step up to kind of an elite level defenseman and they just have a great mix of uh, scoring defense uh, top ranked power play last year but their defense and goaltending was subpar uh, which uh, kept them down a bit but with Bobrovsky there and Quenville with his system I think this team will squeak in as a playoff team um, and just jumping ahead Tampa Bay is my top team in the Atlantic, so that will set up kind of hockey's hot new rivalry, so to speak, in Florida versus Tampa Bay in the first round of the playoffs. So Florida, playoff team, fourth in the Atlantic. Um, now, moving up from there, like I said earlier, Toronto, Boston, and Tampa Bay, in my mind, are the top three teams in the NHL, and that makes the Atlantic division very unique. Um, I'm going to go ahead and slot Toronto as the third team. There's been a lot of um, turmoil around this team uh, coming into the season with the Mitch Marner contract situation, Austin Matthews facing uh, charges back in his hometown of Scottsdale. Um, there's been a lot of turnover on this team, actually, with Kadri out, Tyson Berry in, Alexander Kerfoot in. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, moving pieces with this team, even though um, they were – a great regular season team last year um, and they're projected to be uh, equally as good this season but you know the fact that there's kind of this um, uh, questions around this team how they're going to look uh, with these new pieces how Babcock's going to manage them and uh, you know the fact that they did lose to Boston last year uh, should give Boston the benefit of the doubt here in my mind and uh, so keeping Toronto in third place. If they want to make uh, moves and take that next step, I think they will need home ice advantage, um, even though they weren't able to finish the job against Boston in game six. But, uh, you know, let's see um, what they're able to do this year. For right now, they're still my third team. Um, I'm going to go ahead and put Boston as second. Again, they're the defending Eastern Conference champions. They have pretty much the same roster coming back. And I believe they will, uh, once again, be the second-place uh, team in the division. Uh, like I said, Columbus did pull off the upset against Tampa Bay in the playoffs last year, but Tampa Bay, on paper, still has the best uh, team in the NHL. You know, they rolled through the regular season last year, uh, had far and away the most points. Uh, Nikita Kucherov had far and away the most points among players. Uh, they still have... Uh, Victor Hedman, Andre Vasilevsky, Steven Stamkos, Braden Point. Uh, they were able to sign Kevin Shattenkirk on the cheap. They brought in Pat Maroon on the cheap. Uh, so this is a deep team. They're a hungry team. And um, I don't think they're going to take any aspect of this season for granted. And for me, the Tampa Bay Lightning are still the number one team in the Atlantic Division and uh, across the NHL. Um, now... If they can't do it this year, there's going to be some serious questions about this this group. But um, I still think they're the favorites for the Stanley Cup, and um, they sit atop my Atlantic Division power rankings. So that'll do it for those power rankings. You can expect those every Monday here on the Lockdown Boston Bruins podcast. Um, and now, uh, coming up here in the third third part of the show, we're going to take a look around the NHL and kind of tee up 
the first week of the regular season. Welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Again, I'm Ian McLaren. And uh, coming up in tomorrow's show, just to give you a, uh, a little preview there, I'm planning to talk to um, Marissa and Jenny from the Boston Herald. And she's going to help me uh, take a closer look at this Bruins team and what we can expect from them as the regular season gets set to begin for them on Thursday in Dallas. Kind of what the vibe has been around uh, training camp, uh, how she sees the the roster coming together, and uh, yeah, what we can expect from this team early on. Uh, around the NHL, uh, again, there's a lot of moving pieces as uh, rosters are finalized, and there may be some uh, some surprising waiver uh, drops. This week, there may be some, a couple trades as some teams try to get cap compliant. Uh, one of the big stories right now is that Sidney Crosby's status for their season opener is uh, in doubt as he blocked a shot in uh, the regular season finale, and he's uh, kind of feeling some uh, discomfort in his foot. Uh, so that's uh, something big to keep an eye on. Um, another thing is the, the Winnipeg Jets kind of... Um, not having a camp that was full of all their players with Patrick Laine and uh, Kyle Connor signing late, Miko Rantanen signed late. So it'll be interesting to see how those guys um, fit into their respective teams and how quickly they can get going. And then uh, just today on Sunday, um, Eric Stahl was named captain of the Carolina Hurricanes and he's replacing Justin Williams in that role. Um, for those of you who don't know, I, I do some side writing for Daily Hive up here in Canada, and I have my uh, 31 NHL predictions coming out uh, on that site uh, sometime early this week. And uh, kind of my surprise Stanley Cup picks uh, is the Vegas Golden Knights beating the Carolina Hurricanes in seven games in the Stanley Cup final. Um I could easily see that happening. They're both really strong teams, really deep teams. And uh, it would be interesting if Carolina was able to pull that off as the uh, Stanley Cup champions and Jordan became the second stall to <laughs> lift the cup uh, as captain of, of the of the Hurricanes. Obviously, his brother Eric was able to do that uh, back in 2008. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of a, a quick look around the NHL. It's kind of hard to uh, say exactly what's going on with, like I said, so many moving pieces with waiver claims, uh, waiver uh, transactions as teams try to get under the cap. I think there's um, going into Monday, there's maybe 10 teams that are over the cap. So there's a lot of finagling to do in terms of uh, getting uh, cap compliant with uh, LTIR transactions, IR transactions, um, you know, things like that. So it'll be an interesting couple days leading up to the regular season openers. And of course, the regular season begins on uh, Wednesday, October 2nd with Ottawa in Toronto, Washington at St. Louis, Vancouver at Edmonton, and San Jose at Vegas. Uh, but we have a couple shows before that. Again, this is the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, a daily show where we will talk about all things Boston Bruins and also take a quick tour around the NHL. 
Uh, again, coming up tomorrow, we'll talk to Marissa and Jenny from the Boston Herald. Um, I'm Ian McLaren. You, again, you can find me online at Ian C. McLaren. Um, you can also follow the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, download, rate, and review. Tell all your Boston Bruins-loving friends to check out the show. And uh, I'm so excited to get going here. Thank you for listening to this first official episode. And I will catch you tomorrow with some more Locked On Boston Bruins. Take care, friends.